0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to the IAOMS community around the world. This is Deborah Zabladil with the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons, and I'm here today with a continuation of our podcast series and implications for the OMF surgeon. I am pleased today to be working with Dr. Raphael Martin Grenizel from madrid spain welcome dr martin thank you it's wonderful to have you here and um you are the first european we're speaking to as part of this series so we'll be very interested in hearing a little bit about um about europe but first i'd like to talk about i think what is really unique to your story and that is that you yourself contracted covid fairly early on and i think it was in the early spring of this year is that correct and can you tell us a little bit about
1: it yes is that correct Thank you. And first, first of all, I would like to thank the IOMs for the kind invitation to share with you some of the uh, sites that we have with the pandemic here in, in Europe. From my side, I'm very, very proud to be here, and thank you for your for your kind interview. So, when I started with the with the COVID, um, because Europe was the second step uh, from China when the the virus. Move uh, throughout the world. Initially, as you know, uh, it came to Europe through the the door of Italy, and um, Italy it was a couple of weeks ahead of uh, the other countries here in in Europe. Actually, it was amazing because I am um, a member of the executive committee of the European Association, and one week ago, at uh, the last February we had a meeting in Brussels, that we have a regular meeting there. And the the guy that came from Italy, that was Malio Galli, he came already prepared with the gloves and the mask and so on. And nobody cared about the uh, the virus. And uh, it was amazing because here in Spain, one week later, we start to get infected. uh, All of us, most of the people were in the hospitals and health care workers. And uh, I was infected uh, the first week of of, uh, March. So it was uh, one of the the initial countries to be with a a high number of infections. That um, makes Spain one of the doors, initial doors of the pandemic and uh, really it was amazing because uh, the politicians here in Spain they did know already that there was a problem a big problem coming and no one um, uh, alert us to be prepared to what uh, we will have in the future so uh, the first door initially were the hospitals, and I was uh, really two weeks quite bad in my in my own home uh, because nobody knew what to do with this infection. There were no treatment, there were no no test, no nothing at all, and uh, I stayed in, in my home with my family. Of course, I I infected them. My my. My parents, my wife, my kids, and everyone that were close to me, and um, it was a bad experience because there were two very bad uh, weeks, and thereafter I was nearly two months without working because I have some sequela. But we, I can, I can tell you probably in a few minutes what what uh, were my symptoms. But this was my my own experience, and so the first weeks. Uh, the first week in spain that was the 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 lockdown before just before the lockdown i was in my to the hospital because i was infected and ill.
0: and and um do you feel that you were infected reinfected were by a patient or another clinician or do you have any idea
1: um i'm not sure because really we 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 have our our daily practice usually we don't uh, take any precaution of the uh, with mask just gloves and your just washing hands, but nothing anymore. But you know that our speciality is, is, a, is a high risk specialty because we, we have to explore the mouth and the nose and someone is coughing and, and you know, it's is a high risk specialty, but that uh, we were in risk. So probably it was an infection by a, a, a patient, and uh, the amazing thing is that many of the staff in my department were infected Um, by the way we were um, uh, eight infected out of 12 staff in the in the department so it's nearly 60 percent of the department were infected Mm. so it's a high number of course and and this is probably happened in, in every hospital here in spain so it was a great problem um, especially different from all the countries, because uh, we have the, the highest rate in the world of uh, infection of uh, healthcare workers everywhere. Mm. So we have it's nearly great. nearly 50%, 40-50% of the healthcare workers in Spain were infected. And that means uh, 20% of all the infection here in Spain. So you can imagine what tragedy was inside uh, the sanitary system so
0: absolutely absolutely yeah. so um it sounds like you self-quarantined for about 2 weeks and then and then that went right into Spain being shut down is that correct
1: yeah that 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 is correct i was uh, i initially I, I i feel bad you know and and i and i I, I closed all my practice, and I phoned my my office and everywhere to stop the surgeries. I, I went uh, into my home. I started to to feel bad, and uh, really I was uh, with cough, with uh, fever, um, and it was amazing because we didn't have any treatment for this. So initially I started with uh, some, and you know there was some. Some messages from the from the from the media that said that the, it was contraindicated to to use corticosteroids and, and non-inflammatory drugs. So I just used acetaminophen to reduce the fever, and it was amazing because there were no other treatment, no other antibiotics, nothing. So yeah. I I passed also the the. Uh, one week before starting with the symptoms it was I'm, 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 I was really that night very bad. I feel very bad, and uh, I have distress, I have dysnea, I have a uh, problem with breathing, so I mm. was really really scared. but mm-hmm. actually the, all the hospitals were completely uh, full of people um, there was uh, maps um, mm-hmm. all emergency rooms were completely collapsed, the people was dying were dying there. It was mm-hmm. something incredible to, to to define. I cannot define that. And the people that were in my department that were working there, they, they moved to the emergency areas, but there were not not a space, not physical space to receive all the, the, the people that were coming this first week of, of March. So you can imagine yeah. the, the tragedy. So, um, and then I was recovering I it, it seems to me that uh, one day I, I started feeling better and I thought uh, I I I was I was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was um getting some weight because I lost a lot of weight. So I I waited for two months because I have some residual dysnea mm-hmm. and some um I was some fatigue, some of memories. Um you know, some neurological system uh, symptoms also. And in two, in two months.
0: And, um, did anyone in your family or any of your colleagues have symptoms quite as severe as yours were?
1: Sure. Nearly all of it depends also on the age of the people because uh, I'm over 50 (laughs) and you know, I'm a risk person because I'm, I'm quite healthy, but anyway, um the youngest were less uh affected than than the the oldest one so that that is common in this in this disease so and your
0: parents
1: i think they, they are quite good because they have less symptoms but
0: mm-hmm. you know they
1: are they're over 80 so so but uh, i'm really happy because they are alive and yeah they they, they win the the they survived, yeah. yeah. They
0: survived. That's wonderful. So and um, how do you feel now? Do you have any long-lasting symptoms or any residual no. feelings of COVID?
1: I have, um, you know, I have some small symptoms, some kind of and some more fatigue when I make some effort. Uh, also, I have some uh, loss of memory, but, you know, very short For example if i try to copy a telephone number to a paper sometimes i i forget the number or i didn't have this before in Mm -hmm. january for example Mm -hmm. so these kind of very small things Mm
0: -hmm. sometimes
1: i was also some months with a loss of smell and taste and this is this not very important symptoms on but fortunately but something some sequelae in my body that's for sure
0: Mm -hmm. okay and then um, you said that you know your your hospital was getting to be at capacity with COVID patients. Was was there ever a point in time in Spain where there were overflow beds or over you know you were taking over other buildings to house patients there? Anything along those lines?
1: Oh yes, I I think I compare this like a nuclear attack. can mm. you imagine immediately if you have a bomb, you have a probably thousand deaths immediately, and then you have another 20,000 injured that uh, they will die because theres not enough um, um, attention uh, sure. attention for them. So this is what uh, really happened. So the, the majority of the deaths were in two weeks here in Spain because all the, the, the hospitals were overflowed. So mm-hmm. there were no beds, no intensive care units. There were not uh, break, Much percent of the deaths were in the in the geriatrics in the elderly home centers because they even they don't receive any, any sanitary uh, assistance. So um, this was um, nearly in in all Spain. We have we we have calculated more than uh, fifty thousand deaths. Mm. Although uh, officially there are over thirty thousand deaths, but we estimated nearly sixty of uh, forty-nine million people here in Spain is a mm-hmm. uh, quite high rate. Right. And um, right now we are in the second in the second um, wave. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, we are having very bad times right now because also we are in, with the same. Uh, politicians and governments, and they did uh, did nothing for these eight months or six months. So we are not prepared mm-hmm. as, as initially. This is what happened in Spain. Uh, I, I must be I must be I must, I must tell the truth that really um, this, this only happens nearly in Spain. Probably the rest of Europe is managing the situation quite better than we we are. Um, but actually, Spain and Peru, I think, they are the two two countries all over the world that we are managing uh, the situation in a very bad way.
0: Mm. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Um, but um, I know you, you and your colleagues, I'm sure, are doing everything you can to at least treat your patients in a in a safe way and uh, keep them um out of harm's way can you tell me a little bit about what that looked like when you went back after the 2 months what what was your what was your world like as an omf surgeon you know after your your own disease and then going back you know being off 2 months and going back
1: um, uh, initially uh, as Alex martinez told it was an initial stop of any activity of course there were uh, everything was collapsed so we didn't have um, even sorry theaters just for some emergencies mm-hmm. but uh, very very few so any uh, private practice uh, normal activity was completely stopped and canceled uh, everyone were in in in, uh, in 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 their homes for nearly 2 months in spain so you can imagine there was no not activity at all. And then when I returned, um, we started slowly to, to go on with um, uh, emergencies, some cancer patients. And um, for example, in summertime, it was amazing because things were much better. And the politicians and the governments from the hospital, the directors, they started or well, they tried to to recover all the lost activity for these right. two months. And uh, the problem is that the people was on summertime. There was, um, many of them were in quarantine or were out of order. Many others were in summertime. So we didn't have, uh, we have nearly uh, surgical theaters every day, but we didn't mm-hmm. have personnel there. So we tried to recover some ordinary and standard surgeries. But mm-hmm. right now, we are in September, and we, we, we go back to the initial uh, situation. Uh, right now, we only operate just the cancer patients, some fractures, something at all in the public system. Remember that here in Spain, 99% of the population is covered by the, the universal public uh, free sanitary system. uh uh-huh. okay. So, so the 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 basis of the sanitary or health system here is public Uh, private practices uh, is not um, a great number so uh, actually we are preparing for this uh, new wave and new contacts and uh, um, trying to to do our best with the patient that we have but we have a lot of um, Um, patient that we cannot go on with the treatment. So that is one of the secondary big effects that has the pandemic right now.
0: But if you have patients that have had more, only if they're in an urgent and acute state?
1: Right now we are doing surgery in these patients. We are doing, um, because, you know, here in Europe, uh, maxillofacial surgeons used to treat, uh, resect, treat and surgery, and reconstruct all these patients. So we are doing it. Uh, we are prepared, we have time for them. But initially in March and April, we even stopped these patients. So it mm-hmm. was um, some secondary effects. Not many of them started with radiotherapy on chemotherapy instead of surgery. So that is one of the, of the problems that we have detected of these patients. But right now we're doing mostly fractures. Very few centers are doing some orthomatic surgery. But for example, I tell you that I don't, since I'm an, uh, actually am focused on uh, mostly arthroscopy of the temporomandibular joint. And uh, since the pandemic in March, I've only done two patients. So this is very uncommon. And I mm. have a very, very long number of uh, Patient in the waiting list, and uh, we don't know where right now because uh, waiting lists are increasing number, and the patients still need some some assistance uh, in this case.
0: Sure, and what about um, looking ahead to you know later in the fall and the winter? I know flu season co- is coming up um, for those of us moving into winter months. What, um, what are you thinking is going to happen or what, what is the popular thought on, um, do you think it will get more restricted? Um, do you think your, our cases will continue to spike? Do you have any sense of what's happening with all of that?
1: Um, i tell you, uh, in Europe right now is a quite normal situation, except in uh, United Kingdom and in, in Spain mainly. For example, Italy, they manage very well the situation right now. They are, if you have a, a, a traffic light, so we are in red, they are in Europe, are in, in, in orange. And mm-hmm. then um, some few countries, are some Nordic countries, Germany are in, in green. But uh, we have right now a very high rate of, con- uh, of infections. We are starting to close some uh, areas inside, for example, Madrid. Uh, yesterday they closed thirty, thirty-two areas inside Madrid. Not mm. all the whole hit city, but they are locking down. So um, it seems um, I don't like uh, what what is happening. And probably in the autumn and the, and the winter, uh, we also have the the um, some other of the pandemics, as the the flu, and mm-hmm. we don't know what will happen really. Um, We are scared, the people and the population is very scared because we are receiving a lot of uh, news from the TV, from the radio, from the newspapers, Uh, numbers. And uh, the people have very, very bad information because there is a a management of this situation by the politicians. The politicians are not expertise, They are not scientists. So the problem is that they give only numbers but no one explains what is happening and the, the relevance of that numbers. I mean, for example, they are only talking about the, the vaccine, about the infection, but no one talk, talks about how many people are, uh, are in, in the hospitals and they mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. special attention. Uh, for example, no one talks about the antibiotics antibiotics um, uh, test.
0: Mm-hmm. No one
1: talks about the lymphocytic reaction, T-reaction, um, that is uh, the most important um, part, more than the antibiotics. You know, it's, it's a lack of information. And also, that um, that advise the government. They oh. say they have, but that is not true. So, we have a very, very important conflict here. And probably, I mean, this happens not everywhere, but in many other countries throughout the world. Probably, in most of the Latin American countries, our friends and, and brothers, uh, Latin American, that we, we love them, and they have the same problem because the govern, the government, the governors, the politicians are many of them are very corrupt, and they yes. are not uh, taking care of the health of the population. That is a problem in many, many uh, countries in the world, and we are very worried about it, of course.
0: And are there protocols that are coming out from them or data that you can rely on, or, or what, is, what is the situation there?
1: Uh, the situation is really confusing. Uh, mm. It was as, as the initial month, I remember that uh, we were one of the first countries, so we didn't have any control, any protocol, mm. any guideline. Right. I remember uh, last week um, I uh, um, podcast by Alex Martinez. He told that he looked at the protocol, so we made our own protocols. I remember that uh, here the Spanish Society of Oral Maxillofacial Surgery they they did a very good protocol and guidelines for starting with activity in oral surgery, and uh, we didn't have any other base a protocol so that was a problem and uh, and and we are we are still missing them we there is not probably is a, a lack of of uh, contribution among countries yeah. scientific contribution among countries mm-hmm. probably there is not coordination probably the the, the the world health organization should have a chance to coordinate everywhere but mm-hmm. unfortunately it is too politi- politicized mm-hmm. and uh, that is a problem with the with that association
0: sure sure um so you have trainees that work with you then what the implications were for your work with trainees during covid which is continuing uh,
1: yes um i tell you something um, is is not so relevant of course but there was also a problem and a, and a stop in the training and in the, in the learning uh, throughout the world, scientific learning. So we stopped the congresses. We delay the congresses. Actually, we have uh, this September, last week, we should have the, the 50th anniversary uh, congress of the European Association in Paris. We had right. to postpone it uh, for next year. Mm-hmm. and this happens uh, everywhere so there is a, of course a lack of uh, face-to-face congresses um, training and uh, fortunately we have the the web lectures and the online training system that is working quite well um, all this lack of uh, training through these um, these instruments so but initially of course we are very worried because uh, the last year residence in Europe is a very important residency year because it is the year that you are becoming a specialist and you have to operate and to take uh, important decisions. And of course, they are completely stopped. They are doing just emergencies. They are moving to some COVID um, department. We try to supply it with uh, some... Uh, um, online um, facilities, mm-hmm. but however, they they have of course some some damage in mm-hmm. their training, and we are worried about it.
0: Yeah, and um, for you, you personally, you went through COVID. You have been working through COVID. You're looking at you know numbers that are potentially increasing. What has been the most difficult part of all of it for you?
1: I'm thinking, I'm um, in an indi- individual basis like a like a medical doctor like a human being but uh, my i'm really concerned about the future of the of the humankind Mm -hmm. about uh, what this is this means this should be a lesson for all of us to try to to be more human more um uh, connected uh, everywhere Mm -hmm. to try to avoid all these um these interest, not, uh, not safe interest to avoid uh, struggling one each other in different countries. I'm worried about it more than, than the, the, the medical attention that we have right now because we probably uh, go on with this and uh, we, we will succeed in the future that for sure we will have a bac- bac- vaccine and I will see what happens in the future but probably we we should be prepared for all this kind of of um of uh, attacks that we'll have uh, through this kind of pandemics and we should uh, learn a lot from this uh, situation and uh, because we will adapt that's for sure because we are homo sapiens homo sapiens we have uh, we are the king in the nature probably because we can the the great capability to adapt everywhere to and to all situations we are survivors so we will do it for sure but Mm -hmm. we should learn a lot to be more to help one each other and to be more more uh, more justice in the world more justice between uh, countries to help one each other i don't know what what is happening right now because remember if you are if you have a, a disaster, for example, a, an earthquake, you remember two years ago, for example, the earthquake in Turkey. That yes. We have many, many help everywhere. Yes. All the countries were helping there. But what's happening right now? You know, because yeah. there are so many countries in, in Africa They are coming right now, and we don't have a specific help for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone tries to do their best with their own. Yeah. We should be helping one each other so this is my my last uh, feeling right now with the pandemic
0: what did you learn personally um either about yourself or about you know sort of the human spirit or what um you know your your practice of omf surgery what did you learn through this um
1: what i've learned probably is that uh, healthcare workers are uh, Probably the most important collective right now in the in, in our society, mm-hmm. of course, because sure. people when when see a, um, a danger to their health, they really know what is the importance of the people that try to to avoid and to to cure the people. So, so we have to we need to recover this importance of. Uh, uh, with the uh, medical doctors, uh, sanitary people, uh, healthcare workers, as, as collective. So, this is probably good for us in this case. Mm-hmm. We have ma- more resources, more, sometimes, more, more, uh, more recruitment of, of this kind of people. But uh, also, we, we have to think of, we, we must protect ourselves. To protect others that is the the final thing that i think uh, in this case also uh, my feeling is that we as as humankind with we, we should organize further the investigation uh topics so we try to invest in the future in more investigation mm-hmm. development of um, of some um, some treatment better treatments for everything not only for this could be promoted the investigation okay and uh, i think this that is the most important thing because uh, also we we have a, when we are in lockdown every one of us we have a time to slow down to stay at home to recover yes. some lost time with our families with our friends mostly with our families to to recover time for for reading, for studying, for for thinking, just thinking. We don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't even have time for, to think, to to stop to, you know, to 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 think what what is will be our future or right. so, on. so. So these is the good things, and also maybe we can um, help to. Uh, to organize the world in some fashion that is um, good for all these people that try to uh, to to take care only for themselves um so i think no, these I, are the good points of the pandemic that's true
0: you just mentioned the slowing down and spending more time with family and i know a, a lot of folks have mentioned that you know both omf surgeons and and you know other people worldwide have talked about just this issue of stopping and and going a little slower and appreciating what you have do you yeah. think that you do more of that in the future that you do slow down or do you see the minute you get back into the healthcare setting you're you know you have to really work like you always have
1: oh uh, i don't know i think the the problem sometimes with the with the human being is that we we are we are very used to to forget quite quickly about the things and to adapt that is an yes. adaptation mechanism so uh, probably we in a couple of years we've just history and we will uh, go back to the same crazy way of mm-hmm. life that we had before but uh, of course there will be people that will take care more care for our our elderly people for the kids for the for the education for example that has been uh, very much ma- damaged uh, with this pandemic so um probably something will stay here of this but um i think time of period we will be um with many problems still for na- maybe a couple of years mm-hmm. uh, because many things will change dramatically for example uh, I'm, I'm talking about the, the the ordinary congresses and and meetings that we have these uh, very crowded meetings of uh, thousands of doctors there right. where we were very happy with this because we knew a new uh, a new place we we met friends and colleagues we share experiences but this probably will change dramatically and we we have to probably not to touch one each other uh, the way you, you, we used to do here for example in Spain because they are talking what is happening in Spain because why, why do we have so many contacts? And mm-hmm. I say that the Spanish way of life is so different from many, many mm-hmm. other places in the world because we used to give, usually you, you shake hands, you give some hugs, you, so you are always in contact with each other sure um, having fun and so on and this is our way of life yeah. we are not the only country of course in the world there are not many other countries with the same uh, uses but probably this will change for sure in the future
0: well thank you so much for all this um this wisdom and for sharing your story about spain and europe overall um is there anything that you'd like to close with anything that you'd like to tell your colleagues around the world
1: um, no, thank you for the opportunity, Deborah, of the IROMs for this, uh, this interview. I, I love it. I've been very comfortable with you and all the people there. I would like to share our experience here in Spain and, and Europe. Remember that we are still doctors. We are c- taking care of the health of the people. So try to do your best with uh, helping others. Uh, protect yourself, transmit or a carrier of the virus. So try to to change the way usually we take care of ourselves, and um, probably we are a, a big family of maxillofacial surgeons in, in all the world, and it's very important to stay connected. So this international association is uh, the the key point right now to to connect everyone and to share experience and to help each other. So thank you very much, Deborah, and thank you IOMS.
0: Thank you so much. This was Dr. Rafael Martin Granizo from Madrid, Spain. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your time and all you shared with us today. Thank you once again for listening to the IAOMS podcast series. IAOMS members receive additional benefits such as access to the iJOMS, educational resources, Reduce rates for conferences, and more. To join or renew your membership, please visit www.iaoms.org. Keep up to date with our weekly podcast by following IAOMS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest news. See you next week.